Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello there, Healthcare Experience Matters podcast listeners. We have a second time guest joining us today. It's Dr. Joshua Schwarzbaum. He is a board certified emergency medicine physician with SBH Health System in the Bronx. And he's also the founder of healthyinside.net. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of today's show. For those of you that are longtime listeners to our show, you'll remember him from an episode called Exploring the Code Breathe Initiative. And that was really great. And I will also link to that podcast in the description of today's episode. Dr. Schwarzbaum, welcome back to the show. Remind us who you are and what you do. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back and nice to see you again. Uh, my name is Josh Schwartzbaum. I do a couple of things. I work in the emergency room um, in the Bronx, St. Barnabas Hospital. I work in addiction medicine as well. And then I work with people of all sorts of different backgrounds, physicians, families, kids, uh, to help them feel better with whatever challenges come their way. And that's through the website you mentioned, healthyinside.net. And what I've noticed is really through working in the ER and the addiction centers and through my life experiences, basically, that we all... Are looking for the same thing in life basically people come in and we have um, we have all sorts of different ways that we present ourselves but in the end we're just looking to feel good we're looking to feel accepted and loved and cared for and that's a commonality to all of human people and when i started noticing this more and more and more it's really just transformed the way i practice in medicine and the way i relate to my family friends and really whatever comes my way over the course of over the course of life because Life is just something that we can't really predict as much as you want to try to. We just can't. And I see this time and time again, you know, especially in the emergency room where I work, that people come in with all sorts of different, you know, traumatic injuries or medical, medical illnesses where things are just unexpected. And you may be going around your day and all of a sudden something, you know, terrible happens. And then how do you deal with that? How does your family deal with that? And it's, uh, these are challenges that come up, but I've seen incredible stories of resilience. I've seen incredible stories of healing. And then I've seen incredible stories of sadness as well. And and different people will come in with the same kind of injury or the same external thing that happened, but they have a very, very different experience. So it got me to question and think about what what it is what is it that you know that dictates our experience? What is it that dictates how we feel? And what I've seen is that it's really something inside of us that each one of us has the potential to to be at the center of our emotional reality of how we perceive things and when i've taken that on within myself i've really been able to look at people in a, in a much different way and i've been able to heal better and be able to relate to the patients better and make just people feel more comfortable because i found a commonality to all of human beings to all of humankind and when i found that and when i work from that place the external things and in the tough ER that I work in where people may come in and screaming and cursing and violence, it doesn't affect me the same way that it used to anymore because I realize that no matter what someone says to me, no matter how they present themselves, it doesn't really, it can't really have an effect on me unless I let it, essentially. Now, that being said, sometimes, you know, things will do get to me and it's, and this happens to all of us innocently that whatever is going on, we 
you know, we may take things on to ourselves. But when I realized that there's a, a mechanism, basically, of the way that how our thinking operates, how we operate within the psychological framework, it's even the playing field, so to speak. And it's really been able to allow me to come from a much more calm place. And it, and it, it translates into the way that the patients relate to me, I relate to the patients. And like I said before, and really kind of in everyday life, even in family relationships, business relationships, the way I feel leaving work every day, um, and the way people respond to me. So it's it's an exciting journey. And I think it's this is something that is really, um, it's revolutionary, I believe, in, in the realm of psychology and psychiatry and the way that we operate. And it's something that I think that if all of us got a little bit more of a grasp of, in this crazy, frenetic, and hectic world that we live in, if people are able to get to this place, this place that's healthy inside, really within each one of us, that a place of calmness and serenity uh, that we can have no matter what's coming our way, the world would be a much, much better place because the things, the external um, difficulties and challenges that we perceive to be as such, they just transform automatically and allow us to see people in a different way, in a way that's just, everyone's coming and just wants to, wants to be heard, wants to feel good. And if we can see that in someone else, it automatically changes the way we approach them. Definitely. And given your background in the ER, we know that you have unfortunately had a lot of experience delivering difficult news to patients and their loved ones. So let's start out with you just telling me about what you've learned from these experiences. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, I mean, you never know what you're going to expect, I think, is the first thing. You know, they'll, they'll teach you in school how to deliver bad news, what to say, you know, but there's no good formula type of thing, because at the end of the day, you're dealing with people that are sitting across from you that are having their um, own emotions. They, they may know what's going on. They may not know what's going on. And then I'm coming in and meeting them for the first time. I'm some random guy, you know, or a doctor who is, you know, has to tell them bad news about a family member or about themselves. And it's, uh, you know, it's not always easy because I need to get a message across. And then I also need to consider the person or, you know, them as a family, the person who's the patient. And then there's a lot. And then the news that I'm about to give and how they're going to react to that. And what I've seen is all the whatever you could imagine, I've probably seen when giving bad news. I mean, I've had patients that have come and hugged me. I have patients that are starting to, you know, hit their head against the wall, I have people that fall down and start crying. And it just you never know what you're going to get. And you may have the most, you know, biggest, toughest guy that comes in and you give them and you give them the bad news and they just start crying like a baby. And then you have someone who looks like, you know, they're very, you know, worried and nervous. And then they do the complete opposite of what you may think. So it's really it's it's not always predictable. Um, but the other thing that I learned is that if if I'm able to get in touch with that piece inside of me, basically the piece of, of compassion that um my presence in and of itself can convey healing through without even having to say anything and and if they can feel that and as as people and as you know i mean as animals essentially too like they just feel people's presence and that's what we do and so much of it we walk into a room you can immediately tell if you feel good around someone or you don't feel good around someone and that conveys to the families as well that we have to give bad news to. So if I feel centered and I feel good within myself, they're automatically going to pick up on that and they'll be more receptive. 
And the other thing is it takes patience and just a willingness to to listen and to uh, try to hear what what they're really asking, the information. You know, it's not only about the information about, you know, what exactly happened. There's, that's a component to it. But ultimately, what I've noticed is that they, especially if, you know, you tell someone that a family member died, let's say, that there's like a lot of guilt that kind of comes up almost automatically. Like, Oh, I feel, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I, I wish I would have told him this. I wish I would have been there for her for that. Or what could I have done differently type of thing. And these are things that, you know, when, when people start talking about, they could, it could take a big emotional toll and it's very shocking for them initially. So it's not only, you know, and then, and there's a, a different aspect where people just want, you know, the information, like what happened, what exactly happened? Because our brains are very analytical and we try to have a cause and effect and, and see if we can make sense of what's going on. And we can't always make sense of everything. And that's where I think the feeling and the presence, the, the feeling underneath and the presence come into it. Because as much as we want to try to make sense of things, we can't always do it. We could try to. But it often leaves us at a loss. So the question is then, how do we, as physicians or as anyone who's giving bad news, like get get in touch with that within ourselves, within that that presence in that place that can automatically provide that healing and the compassion to someone else who we care about? And if we can tap into that place and be settled there, then no matter what the information is, no matter what we have to say, um, and even if we can't really piece together the whole story, the person sitting across from us is going to feel like they were heard and understood and cared for and that and they'll know that you know we did what we could basically. Dr. Schwarzbaum, how can healthcare providers build their confidence when it comes to managing these challenging conversations? Is it just a matter of getting more experience? I think part of it is definitely experience because the more you do anything the better you get at something. Uh, I think you got to go into anything with an open mind and then the answer, I think, for most of these things is always looking internally. If you're able to look internally and find that spot within you that what would you want if if someone had to give you bad news? You may not even need to know it exactly what you would want, but that's the question effectively. What is it that you would need? What is it that you would hope for? And if you can find that within you, then you're going to be able to give it to someone else. So. If you if someone came up to you on the street and asked you for, you know, five dollars, if you open up your wallet and you don't have any money, you can't give them the five dollars. So for you to be able to give something to someone, you need to have it first for yourself. And this is kind of like the analogy on the airplane. You know, when the oxygen mask comes down, they tell you to put your oxygen on first before you put on your kids, because if you're not able to breathe, then you're not you're not going to be able to take care of your kid afterwards. So the first thing is to put on your own oxygen mask, to look within yourself, to find that place within yourself, to walk into the room, clear your mind, allow, we have a natural wisdom that all of us have that comes with a quiet mind, with a calm mind. So what I do before I go in, I, I don't have any expectations because I don't know what to expect and it'd be silly to think what to expect. I make sure I know what, you know, what happened or at least to the best of my ability. And then I go in there with an open heart, basically, and I feel out the situation. It definitely gets better and easier as time goes on, because I've done this more and more. But a lot of times in medicine also, we like to know things. We like to do studies. We like to have uh, randomized control trials and, you know, algorithms. But 
when it comes to these realms of humanity, there's not always an algorithm. And another thing that I noticed is that if we're able to stay open, be willing to be flexible and to learn on the spot, we'll intuitively know what to do because that's the bond that we share as two people. It's something that goes deeper than than the way we just look or the way we the way we speak. It's just a bond that we have. So if I'm able to get into that place within myself, even if the other person hasn't been able to, they automatically pick up on it because they have it just the same way that I do. We're all created from the same. We all end up going to the same. So there's something bigger than each one of us that's going on, something that's eternal, that was there before I came into the world and it's going to be there after I leave the world. So if I can cap into that place, you're in that place too whether or not you know it. We're all in that place, basically. But the more I can be there for myself, the more I could be there for someone else. And then with that, it automatically makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot more, it makes the process feel better for everyone, essentially. Let's talk about some of the consequences of being perceived by patients of not being good at delivering difficult news and maybe having a poor bedside manner or something like that. What do you think about that? What What is the bad that can come from when patients perceive you to not be good at this type of thing? Yeah, and they're left with questions. They may be left with questions for the rest of their life about what happened. Could it have been better? Did he make a mistake? There are lawsuits that come out of this sort of stuff, you know, on a practical level, there's lawsuits. It may cause increased costs to the family or healthcare costs and stuff like that, because if they don't trust you, then they may start going to get another opinion and another opinion and another opinion, which definitely may be warranted regardless. But um, people are left with kind of a feeling of unease, I think, and, and of, you know, like I said in the beginning. We all want to be cared for. We all want to be heard. We all want to feel understood. So if, if we're leaving an interaction and people don't feel that way, they don't feel complete. So they're just going to go on and, you know, have whatever emotions related to that. They may be angry, upset. They may, you know, dislike you. They may dislike the hospital. They may dislike whatever else may be going on around them. And I think on a human level, we have the ability to, you know, it's not people are coming to us all the time to to heal. So if we know that ahead of time, and even in, even if we have bad even if we have to give bad news, they're not coming to us because they want to do it. But we know this ahead of time. So we have the ability to prepare ourselves to be able to do this sort of stuff, to be able to get better at it and to relate to people better. And at the end of the day, you know, Telling someone that a family member died or whatever it may be, or if it's, you know, some other bad medical news, it is, it's a, it's a natural part of life. So it's not something I think to be so scared about because it's just a natural part of life. So how do we come to terms with that? How do we get comfortable with that? And the more comfort we can find with that, the more comfort they're going to walk away with. And then if they thank you at the end, even in this like terrible circumstance of, the loss of a loved one. I mean, I've had to tell parents that their, you know, two, three, four-year-old kids have died and you know, they could still thank me at the end of it, which is, you know, it's incredible that, that that interaction can happen. And if I can provide that any sort of, of healing or any sort of feeling okay with whatever the, the bad situation is, then that I think is a huge benefit. And if I can't do it, 
then this is something they're going to have to live with for the rest of their lives. So I don't know what's going to happen after my interaction with them and where they're going to go or what they're going to do or how they're going to feel. But what I do know is that if I could do the best I can at that point, then at least for that moment, they're going to walk away feeling as good as possible. And that's all that I can ask for. And that's what I would ask for if someone had to give me the bad news. And then, you know, I know we're all very, very busy working in the hospitals and working in the ERs and in clinics and wherever it may be. But for them, they're the only one, they're the most important one at that time. You know, I may have 20, 30 patients I got to go see, but they only care about the one person and rightfully so. So am I willing to spend the extra couple of minutes to be there for them, to explain things to them and to really make sure that they feel heard? And if they do, actually, I was talking to one of the residents about this the other day. If we invest a little bit more time up front, we save a lot of time on the back end. And if we're able to spend just a couple of more minutes or just to make sure that, they're, that they really feel heard and understood, it saves a lot of time later on. It saves a lot of grief later on. And um, it's a special ability that, that we have. And it's a unique position that, that people come to us with this sort of stuff. And it's not something that like, it's not something I think to be scared of. It's something to be appreciative of. And it's something to be, most people don't get to do this. So if you're a person that is able to do this, then are you up for the challenge? And then if you're up for it, how can you do it in a way that's going to help someone feel good? And obviously, they don't have to walk away feeling happy, but how, do they, how can you walk away from an experience like this feeling complete, I guess, or feeling wholesome, even in the face of this terrible thing that just happened? And if I can be an aid in that, if I could help someone with that, then that's what I would want my doctor to do for me. So can I do that for someone else? And I think we all have the ability to do that if we're willing to take that look inside to find that place within ourselves. This has been a great interview. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Any other final thoughts? Yeah, I think one other thing that, you know, everyone is doing the best they can. We're doing the best we can at that given time. Our patients are doing the best they can at that given time. And I think when we truly recognize that, we're able to take a step back for a second and understand their reactions, or we don't even need to necessarily understand it. We just know that they're using their best thinking at that time. So if they're doing that and however they react, well, okay, it takes, it, it takes a, a bit of the, the personal nature out of it. It's not necessarily an attack on me or it's not uh, whatever they may say or whatever they may do. It's not related to me. It's how they're thinking about whatever that experience they had at that time. And they're doing the best they can, just as I'm doing the best I can. So if we can cut ourselves some slack in that regard, we can cut other people some slack in that regard. And then we are able to walk away from that interaction feeling better also ourselves. And the more that we can do this, the more that we are able to heal within, the more, we able, the more we're able to heal externally as well. And then these, these experiences, they build upon themselves. They truly do. And they translate into many, many other areas of life. And it just, you know, you may be standing in the supermarket one day and you realize something and all of a sudden, you know, you're not so upset standing online anymore. It's like, you just realize that there's a bigger thing going on out there. It's not that we get caught up in these little things that, you know, seem very important at the time. And then you know, someone may experience some devastating thing or have some near-death experience and then their whole reality changes and they say, what am I getting upset about all this stuff for? 
So if you're able to do this before you, you know, you have to have one of these terrible experiences or whatever, you're going to live life in a much happier, more content and more joyful way, which is really at the end of the day, what we're all looking for. And the beautiful thing is that we all have the ability to do it right away. We're all sitting in it. So all we got to do is just tap into it. And it's naturally there within each of us. You've been listening to Dr. Joshua Schwarzbaum. He has been talking to us about navigating these difficult conversations. And he is a board certified emergency medicine physician with SBH Health System in the Bronx, New York City. And he is also the founder of HealthyInside.net, talking a lot about what he discussed today and um, really helping other people feel good with whatever life challenges them with. Thanks again for your time today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.